your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday. Welcome to a special crossover between Locked On Penguins and Locked On Kings, as this will be their first of two matchups this year. Of course, the Penguins are in Los Angeles this time. And for the first time, I'm not calling it the Staples Center. Um, it is a brand, brand new arena now for whatever reason they decided to change the name. No, you can keep calling it Staples Center. I, yeah, I'm going to keep calling it that just because <laughs> that's where the Lakers have played for a long time and you know, for the Kings. Yeah. Um, we have Sarah here from Locked On Kings. And you know, Sarah, I think it's definitely going to be emotional for you tomorrow. We'll just get right into it. The return of Jeff Carter. Um, he spoke a lot today um, to the Kings and Penguins media saying, oh, he spoke on Wednesday. Of course, we're taping this on Wednesday night. It's coming out Thursday. Um, my fault on that. But, you know, spoke a lot today saying he was hoping he would retire a King. It's, you know, bittersweet to come back. And he's really happy that how things have gone in Pittsburgh. But, um you know, there's definitely, I think, going to be a pretty big tribute to mm-hmm. um, a big Jeff Carter is what the Penguins fans <laughs> call him now, at least the Yenzers. So um, just, what are your thoughts going into that with, you know, seeing Carter for the first time back? I mean, first off, I, I love how this big Jeff Carter thing, like I have no idea where it originated. I just, it just happened. And like, <laughs> God bless him. Like, I love it. It, it cracks me up every single time. Um, yeah, it's going to be an emotional night uh, of the players who have left who were part of that core Stanley cup team. He is probably the one that everyone thought was least likely to get traded. Uh, you know, he, to the point where there were rumors where like, Oh, if Jeff Hart gets traded, he's just going to retire. He's not going to report whatever. Uh, so, you know, everyone knew he wanted to stay in LA. Uh, so he, it, the Kings do a pretty good job whenever they uh, welcome back uh, former players. And I've both on purpose and accidentally had the opportunity. I, I've been there when, um, Mike Richards and Justin Williams came back. I've been there uh, when Tyler Toffoli first came back this year uh, with Montreal and, you know, Kings fans are very uh, appreciative uh, of those guys and what they did for the team. And Jeff Carter's always been a fan favorite. Uh, You still can go into don't call it Staples center and uh, see Jeff Carter jerseys everywhere. uh, And it's definitely going to be the case uh, for this game. Yeah, I mean, and he's been playing some pretty good hockey this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he just came off the COVID list. Of course, scores against uh, Jason's Ducks last night. First <laughs> opening goal in the uh, first um, opening minute, um, I should say. You know, came off a lousy performance against the Stars, but he'd been on the COVID list for a week. Yeah, unexpected. But you know, before then, Sarah, I mean, he wasn't ever going to play at the pace we saw last year when he had mm-hmm. a point per game, and this was like 2012 version of Jeff Carter when he was. You know, <laughs> first coming over from Philadelphia, but you know, this season, 11 goals, 20 points in, you know, 30 something games, just, you know, he's the perfect complement to both Crosby and Malkin. They had been searching for a third line center mm-hmm. to replace Nick Benito for quite a long time. And they've gotten that and then some out of him. And um, they're going to see him on a line with another familiar face of getting Malkin will be centering him just because I mean, there's five or six players on COVID protocol. Right. But um you know, just to get into the Kings a little bit, I've noticed they were a little slow start, but they've started to creep up a little bit. I said, honestly, this year, one of my bold predictions was that they were going to be a playoff team. I liked what they did in the offseason. Mm-hmm. This was the year that they were kind of going to go for it a little bit because the Pacific Division is not that good. I don't think it still is. Um, last I checked, they're in third. Just, you know, mm-hmm. what are your 
thoughts, you know, with the Kings this year? So it really has been kind of a tale of two Kings and the biggest, you know, frustration with them is that you never a hundred percent know which team you're getting on any given night. Um, but as opposed to previous seasons this year, it kind of seems like they have one really bad game. They had a real stinker against Vegas the other day. Uh, and then they bounced back very quickly from it. And it, the t- it sort of galvanized the team to be like, Oh no, we have to play the right way. Uh, so as opposed to previous seasons where they'd lose one game and then it just be a spiral of then they lose six or seven in a row. Uh, this year, it seems like they're they're bouncing back a lot more. Um, younger guys are getting the opportunity to play. Uh, we're seeing the team actually being ready from puck drop, which is not always a thing that we have seen. Uh, the readiness to play has been a big issue for this team. Uh, you know, talk about that goal scored against the Ducks in the first minute. I, I had a whole Twitter thread once of like, did the Kings get scored on in the first minute of this game? Yes, no. And the answer was usually yes. Uh, and we're not seeing that as much this season. So yeah, like right now they're in third place. Uh, looking at the teams below them, you know, Calgary and Edmonton are two, the two most likely ones to to jump up. Uh, Edmonton maybe is in a free, who knows what Edmonton's doing. Uh, but, you know, that, that picture of a path to the playoffs, if the Kings keep playing the way they are, uh, is getting a little bit more like, oh, this could actually happen this year. Yeah, no, I mean, and they, again, they made the big moves of the offseason, you know, Victor Arvidsson going there. Mm-hmm. They got um, I almost forgot his name for a sec. Philip Deneau, mm-hmm. of course, from Montreal. You know that was a nice one-two punch with him mm-hmm. and Kopitar. Kings really needed just another center, I think, to take some big minutes away from him as Kopitar starts to age. But you know this season, you know, I mean, Kopitar's been good, almost a point per game. He's mm-hmm. almost he, the, even though he ages, he's still ridiculously underrated. Yeah. Um, you know, I think your leading uh, goal scorer is Kempe this, this season with sixteen. Mm-hmm. 22 points in 36 games. I don't think I saw that coming this quick because he's going to no. be No well. one did. Yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to get your thoughts on that. Did, did anyone in the Kings fan base see a breakout like this? No. Everyone in the Kings fan base has been trying to trade Adrian Kempe for spare parts for the past couple of seasons because he, he, has, he has promise, and that's what's always been frustrating about him as a player is that you know, he was drafted, I think, like the last pick of the first round uh, in his draft year, but still first-round draft pick. Uh, and had that pedigree of, of what you expect from a player there and just never at the at the NHL level really put it all together. He'd go in bunches where he'd score, you know, four goals in four games and then not score for 20 games. Uh, and so he was frustratingly streaky and we're like, well, he is what he is at this point. That's just the player that he is. And this year he seems like he's finally gotten, gotten it all together uh, and is now getting the opportunity to play on a line with Kopitar, which I think is really helping him. But yeah, no one, no one saw that coming. Uh, it's a very pleasant surprise from a player who we have wanted more from for a long time. I'd be curious to see how his shooting percentage is with those 16 goals in mm-hmm. something games. I'll be curious if there's like an outlier or if this is like it looks legit. It sounds like right. based on how you're talking, um, it's deserved with how he's been playing <clears throat> to start the season. Another player that has kind of that, that, this is interesting, Sarah. When did Jonathan Quick become a top four or five goalie in the NHL again? <laughs> I mean, this is 16.4 goal saved above expected, mm-hmm. 9.4 save percentage, 2.4 goals against average. I mean, this is a player that, you know, I think a lot of people that, you know, on hockey Twitter and stuff, we like to mm-hmm. take Mads King's Twitter for making that. Uh-huh. You know what the tweet I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Years or whatever. Um, 
And it was looking bad for the previous three or four seasons. And then all of a sudden, Mm-hmm. Just comes down and has a renaissance here. It looked like that, you know, Cal Peterson was going to replace him and be the full-time starter. Um, there was even, I think, trade rumors over the offseason. Just mm-hmm. what has been different with Jonathan Quick this year? Yeah, I mean, it's that, that it's a question for the ages. Uh, everyone, no one expected, much like no one expected Adrian Kempe to come in and actually have a complete game. No one expected Jonathan Quick to bounce back like this. Um, I know he had like an off-season surgery, I think addressed a shoulder issue, but you know, that doesn't revolutionize your entire game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it, like what, what, what got into him? No idea. Uh, but it's great for the team um, because, as you noted, Cal Peterson has been kind of the guy that everyone, he just signed a big deal over the summer. He's the, you know, goalie of the future for the team. Uh, and he struggled this season and, you know, don't entirely know why, whether it's just, you know, the pressure of, oh, suddenly this really is my team to take over and I can't do it or, you know, what was going on with him. But, you know, he he seems to be back on track now, but if he, if Jonathan Quick wasn't performing at the level that he's performing at, the Kings would be down there with, you know, the Kraken and who, like, you know, just all, just in the basement. Uh, he has absolutely stolen games. He has looked like he's turned back the clock uh, to Jonathan Quick of old, and it's it's amazing to watch. Uh, and it, I think, is creating an interesting conundrum uh, for Kings fans and for the front office who. Everyone was prepared to be like, all right, he's winding down like final few years of his contract and we're going to hand things over to the next guy. And Jonathan Quick was like, you know, Michael Jordan meme. I took that personally. Like, <laughs> you know, he he has no interest in going quietly. Yeah. I mean, he probably heard all the rumors with trades and stuff. And Cal Pearson was like, all right, I'm just going to take over games. And, you know, they're, they're only four points out of second place. That just mm-hmm. goes to like the Pacific Division this year again. It's just yeah. I think it's Vegas, and then it's everyone else. Just mm-hmm. far, at least in the first almost yeah. of the year. Yeah. But, um, I assume the Penguins will see Jonathan Quick um, on Thursday night at ten thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern. Um, you know, the Penguins themselves have a, a great goalie that you'll be seeing as well. We're going to get to that, you know, coming up here um, in the next segment, though. All right, so we are back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins and the Locked On Kings podcast. Um, Sarah, I don't, you, you told me this many times. Have you, have you been getting texts from your family in Pittsburgh watching Tristan Jari and everything? Because, um, this is another goaltender that he's, he's been on a tear this season, especially after mm-hmm. what happened in the playoffs. Um, top 10 in goal saved above expected as well. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more than quick, but he has stolen games for mm-hmm. the Penguins. Yeah. And, it's a 180 from what we all saw mm-hmm. last May when he couldn't even stop a puck from the center <laughs> the red line. So, um, has that been happening? Because I, I know you said you have had family in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Text, oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty time my uh, anytime my mom tech like checks in with me on anything, uh, you know, especially if there's a game going on. Sometimes we'll probably be watching it and. She she texts. She's like, did you see, did you just see that thing Sidney Crosby did? Like, did you see Jake Gensel? Look at that. So I definitely still get you know, the texts from 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 home about like, oh, the Pens had another really good good game. Uh, you know, my mom knows that I'm out in LA to go see this game, and uh, she's like, well, like, hope I hope the Penguins win. Hope Jeff Carter gets a goal. I'm like, all right, thanks, mom. Uh, but yeah, I definitely still get updates back from uh, the Berg. Uh, all about what, what's going on with the team. Um, and yeah, Tristan Jari, like you mentioned, like that, that was, I mean, people were calling for his, like for him to not just be like traded, but like yeeted into the sun. Like people were 
done with him. And he like, you know, as much as Jonathan Quick has turned it around, what do you think is behind Tristan Jari suddenly, you know, re returning his game to what we had, you know, Penguins fans had hoped it would be. He he also did the Michael Jordan. I took that personally. Greg <laughs> <laughs> both did that, but I think it's a combination of having a new goalie coach and Andy Kyoto work out some kinks in his game and mm -hmm. just a lot more aggressive this season. I think you know he's actually challenging shooters. Mm -hmm. If you're in the playoffs, you know when I would watch him, you know he was a lot more just laid back. He would sit back in the net, not really come out to challenge and just you know wait for shooters to mm -hmm. like, make. This time he's actually coming out. And he's daring shooters to, you know, beat him. And right. you know, that's he's another big reason why the penalty kill has been so good this year. Last season, he was towards the bottom of the league in save percentage on the PK. This year, he's one of the best. And, you know, usually when a goalie is good on the PK, mm -hmm. four skaters in front of him are doing a really good job as well. It goes hand in hand. But um, it, it's just a combination of a lot of things and, you know, the redemption story, it's, it's still being written. We want to see this happen in the playoffs. But mm -hmm. um, the, the way he's going right now and with how deep this team can be, Sarah, I really don't think there are a lot of teams in the league that can take down this team four out of seven times with how you know, the forward depth, I think, is top five in the NHL. The mm -hmm. defense this year is finally playing good. Um, that's not been the case for recent years. With Jack Johnson and a couple other players down there, even Mike Matheson, but he's actually having a mm – -hmm. Good year, which I do not not see coming. But <laughs> there's just a lot of it's a, it's a fun team to watch too. Mm -hmm. I think the Penguins. That's the best way. I think like they they make any team just work their tails off, you know, mm -hmm. for, because they come at you in waves. Yeah, yeah. I feel like watching. I, I watched the game against the Ducks, uh, at least parts of it, and uh, it was just like it was relentless. Um, and you know, I, I know obviously that Pittsburgh is, you know, just despite the fact that they're like lingering outside of the top three because your division is bonkers. Um, you know, it just yeah, like you said, the penalty kill is amazing. Like this is a team that, like everyone has been hurt all year long. Like everyone has been injured or with COVID or both, and you know, random guys that you've never heard of are still helping lead that team. Uh, so it's, it, it's fun to watch as like for, you know, 80 games a year, uh, but then two games against the Kings. I'm like, Oh, can you not, can you really not do that? Yeah. There are, there are a good amount of Mark Donks in the lineup right now. I mean, that's just mainly because <laughs> of COVID. They're only, the only actual injured player right now is Jason Zucker, our nice Jewish boy, but he's still skating and he's on the trip. So I'm not really yeah. sure when he's coming back, but I mean, you did hit the nail on the head. They're relentless on the four check. You know, when it's not one guy coming in, it's two. And then when there's not mm -hmm. two, there's three. penalty kill. They'll start their, their four check all the way in the defensive zone. And they will – the other team's uh, defensive zone, excuse me, and it'll carry over past the red line. And it's just it, – it's a difficult system to play, but mm -hmm. they do it to such an effect. And, you know, that, that's just one of the main reasons why this team is so good, you know. I've said it as well. Chris Letang has been magnificent this year. Mm -hmm. Probably the best hockey I've seen him play since his 2016 run. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it's it, it's crazy, honestly. I, I keep saying that the older he gets, the better he plays. <laughs> um, though I did want to ask you about you know Drew Doughty, just because he's been the Kings franchise defenseman for mm -hmm. honestly just as long as Latang has been the Penguins franchise defenseman. How has he stacked up this season? Has there been a little bit of you know a redemption for him, or is it? keep going down hill a little bit 
No, I mean, I really think that he, especially when he started the season, uh, you know, he was playing at more than a point per game pace early in the season. And then he, you know, he got injured and missed a little bit of time uh, with a knee injury. Uh, but, you know, he's back in the lineup now and he, he looks, you know, similar to kind of the Jonathan Quick fountain of youth kind of thing. Dowdy has mm-hmm. definitely looked a lot better than he has in previous seasons. I've seen a lot less that I want to complain about <laughs> with him. Um, you know, it, it is still, you know, the team is still going to need a new Drew Doughty. And, you know, they're, they have Grant Clark in the pipeline uh, that they drafted in the last draft, uh, who kind of fits that same sort of offensive defense profile. Uh, but yeah, they don't have another Drew Doughty, but he hasn't looked as rough this year as he has in past years where I've been like, oh, that's what are you doing, bud? That's not good. Uh, I think that he's struggled a little bit, that I, but I don't know that I would necessarily pin it on him and just more kind of the King system in general. And there are times where I think everyone is kind of trying to do too much. Uh, and Dowdy certainly throughout his career has found himself in the position of he wants to do everything all the time and he needs to, you know, not do that and let his defensive partner take care of stuff. But yeah, he, he is a player who I've certainly had a lot of time to criticize uh, in the past for some of his performance. Uh, and he he's turned it around. I think that he has been, you know, when, when the team was without him, you could tell, like there is a noticeable difference in the Kings defense with and without Drew Doughty. The same, the same goes for Crystal Tang as well. Even when he's struggling, which I mean, hasn't been the case this year, you know, there's, you can definitely see that the void he leaves mm-hmm. and for Doughty as well, even though he's lost step and, you know, there's a lot of mileage on those tires. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, <laughs> that's just to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That he is playing a lot better this year, just because you know it, it looked like it was a steep decline. Yeah, um, at least for a while. You know, it, I, I do look when I look at left wing lock. I almost forgot that old friend Oli Mata. It looks like is in the Peng- <laughs> is Kings lineup is in the Kings lineup. I, I, I dead serious when I say I totally forgot that he was on the Kings. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of Kings fans forget that he's on the Kings. He, uh, I mean, he's Oli Mata. You guys know what he brings and especially at this point in his career uh, not a whole ton which is crazy because he's still very young um you know this isn't like we're talking about 35 year old you know Olimata. he's still a younger guy uh but you know similarly has a lot of mouths on him uh and he he's been out several times this season he's the covid list uh, just coming back off of that i think he was injured earlier uh, so he hasn't been able to get into a consistent rhythm and has in fact been kind of in and out of the lineup as sort of the healthy scratch. But, you know, there are times where he comes in and he had like a huge block in a game the other day that I was like, yeah, Olimata, like that's, that's what we have you here for is making those big defensive plays. Like, please stop trying to play the puck. Like, please stop, you know, why are you in, don't go down there. Uh, But there are still moments where you're like, Oh, like this is, this is what everyone saw on this guy. Uh, But yeah, Kingspan's a, that he is there and B, are constantly trying to figure out ways to be like, so can we send him to the AHL? Like, does another team need him? Uh, you know, he is not the problem with the Kings, but a lot of fans, you know, there's always one guy on every team that people latch on to as, you know, this is why we lost the game. Well, no, but he's occasionally <laughs> the scapegoat. That that that's that's the perfect summary of Mike Matheson here. You know, he he coughs <laughs> the puck at the dumbest moments, and everyone's just like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this when you make so much money? And then. It, <laughs> weeks will go by and it's like wow he's actually playing mm-hmm. pretty good not up to the cap hit but it's like okay you're in a bottom pairing role with chad reweedle mm-hmm. just 
screw up when you're right. even he's a little chaos player. He's, <laughs> he's, that, that guy is something else. But yeah. I am glad yeah. that you know Mata's always his skating has not been his strength, but mm-hmm. his defensive work was always pretty decent. Yeah. Never really scored a lot. I think that was one of my biggest knocks on him when he was in Pittsburgh, which that he just never brought enough offense, especially when mm-hmm. you know. You know, I think it was Ray Shero at the time that gave him a contract extension. Yeah. Jim, it might have been right after Jim got hired. I, I'm trying – I'm, like, blanking on it. It was one of the two. But he never just lived up to that, and then, you know, he mm-hmm. obviously checked out um, in the trade. But mm-hmm. it, it'll still be fun to see, you know, just just him playing the Penguins again. Yeah. I, I, we haven't seen Olimata playing the Penguins in quite a long time. But yeah. Sarah, has there been, you know, a player that, you know, besides I think Kempe, that you've been impressed with that you didn't see coming this year for the Kings? You know, I think for me, it's the emergence of some of the young players who, you know, it's not so much that I didn't see the performance coming. It was more didn't see that they were going to get the opportunity uh, because the Kings are not always great at filling their roster spots with their prospects. They've been very patient with them, which is great. But we're getting to the point where we're like, okay, like, come on, let's bring these guys up. Uh, and so one of the guys that has been a, a real treat to watch is Sean Dersey, who is a defenseman, uh, has spent the past couple of years in the AHL and got the call up. Uh, the Kings are missing, you know, Drew Doughty missed a big chunk of time at the beginning of the year. And uh, Sean Walker is out for the season um, with, a, I think, ACL and MCL injury. Uh, it was bad. Uh, and then Alex Edler, who was also brought on as kind of the sixth, seventh defenseman, veteran presence guy, uh, broke his ankle. And so he is also out now for, for quite some time. So there have been opportunities for the younger guys to step in on the blue line. And Sean Dersey's one of them. Uh, he's definitely like young, creative, puck-moving defenseman. Uh, he's like quarterbacking the power play. Like you want to see him creating those opportunities for the team uh, offensively that you know, this is a team that historically has struggled to score and having a, a defenseman back there who is not quite as risk-taking as Drew Doughty is, but is still, you know, thinking of how he can create plays uh, has been really fun to see. And uh, he has shown no signs of coming back out of the lineup. So uh, that's a real treat to see, you know, oh yeah, the prospect, like they made it, they finally made it big. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed watching him. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like it's the Quentin Byfield questions always comes up and like, you know, yeah. I, I would love to be standing here talking about Quentin Byfield right now, but uh, he's still working his way back from from injury. And then as soon as he got back from the injury, he got COVID. Uh, so uh, not quite there yet, but he's a guy who, you know, if you ask any Kings fan, you know, what you're looking forward to seeing or what's going to have an impact on the team, everyone is like, it's it's Byfield time. Let's go. Before we get back to our crossover with Sarah, BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, there's the promo code for 50% off. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use Locked On to get started again at Bet Online, where the game starts. Hopefully, he's back in the lineup, you know, sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. I do want to see him get an extended look, just because it hasn't been like a a big sample size yet. But you know, I think the more games he plays, mm-hmm. uh, get used to the NHL, yeah, really quick. You know, you know, at least for me, Sarah, this year I think no one saw Evan Rodriguez becoming a top six no. winner. <laughs> 
I mean, this is, I mean, and the best part is, and it doesn't even look like a fluke. I mean, his shooting mm-hmm. percentage, it's a little yeah. higher, but, you know, his underlying numbers support him breaking. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the best players at controlled zone entries. Um, just a really nice fit also on the top power play. He kind of has that Jared McCann um, mm-hmm. from last year where everything he touches turns to roses. <laughs> and there was that one time or last week against the St. Louis Blues with that wild comeback. And it was from the Ovechkin spot. And he did his best Alex Ovechkin pre- impression there. And I was just like, okay. Didn't know <laughs> the greatest goal scorer of all time was on my team just now. Right. Um, Surprise. <laughs> he's he's been awesome. Um a lot of a lot of the signings over the offseason that Ron Hextall has had have worked mm-hmm. out. Um I would say he's done a solid job. You know, Danton Heinen, Brock McGinn's been really good since coming over from Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, just everyone has meshed well. You know, Jake Gensel, yeah. he's been red hot all year. When he's mm-hmm. not hurt, he's playing <laughs> the top five pure goal scorer yeah. in the league. Um Sarah, do you have anything else on this matchup here? Uh, I was going to ask for a prediction. Uh, J- Jason lost his when we did the crossover. <laughs> with him. Um, I said two on Penguins. I just didn't account for the four goals that they would score. I got the one right, though, so I'm going <laughs> to take the last point there. But how do you think this game is going to go? And I am also very jealous that you get to go to that game. So I did joke on Twitter earlier that like I was emotionally preparing myself for a Jeff Carter hat trick or something. Um, I, I do think I do think he scores tonight. Uh, I do think he scores against the Kings. Um, I think it will be hilarious if it's the game winner. Uh, but uh, and and lately I have been every time I predict the Kings to win a game, they lose it, um, and vice versa. When I predict them that they're going to lose, uh, they've been winning. So I'm going to go with that streak and say that. They're totally going to lose this one. I'm going to, because this is my fantasy world, uh, I say they, the Kings lose in overtime, like 3-2 to the Penguins with Jeff Carter scoring the overtime game-winning goal because he's Jeff Carter. Um, because, yeah, if I say the Kings do good things, they they embarrass me. So I'm just going to go with, uh, they blow it, and we'll see what happens. It would just be poetic if the game actually does go to OT and then Carter gets mm-hmm. the goal. And he just, oh, yeah. Like, I feel, like, I feel it. Like, I feel it in my bones that he is going to, you know, have a big impact on this game. He's, he's going to do something good, you know, just like he did yeah. you know, to the Canucks, um, on Tuesday. Um, I, I, I nailed most of my predictions for that game. Somehow, I usually <laughs> always lose those. I said of getting Malkin would score in his return, and mm-hmm. I said the Penguins mm-hmm. game. So um, I think the Penguins will win this one just because of how hot they've been, 11 out of 12. I think mm-hmm. they'll make it 13. Um, I think I'm also going to go with 3-2 final. Um, I think it's okay. going to be pretty close. Um, I know some fans on the East Coast are not liking this just because the game is going to go to 1 a.m. I said it with Jason, Sarah. I love these late-night games. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like 1 anyway, even though it's sometimes I work <laughs> early the next morning. I'm just a late-night owl. So yeah. when yeah. I can watch it late at night, I'll do that in the, especially in the playoffs. So yeah. Um, I'm looking and like forward there's, to there's nothing else to compete with. Like you're like, well, it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm just going to watch hockey. What else is on? Like the news? No, hockey. <laughs> the news. If no. I if, if people have to make coffee or decaf coffee or something like that, go ahead. You know, yeah. have That'd a be great. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> have a snack. It's going to be a good game. They'll go to San Jose after that. And then they'll go play Vegas, who just looks to be a buzzsaw this year as well. Yeah, um, Sarah, where can everyone find you? on social media. 
Sure. Uh, I am on Twitter at right said Sarah. It's W-R-I-T-E said Sarah with an H. Uh, Locked on Kings is at Locked on LA Kings. Uh, you can find me either place uh, largely frequently having feelings about Jeff Carter uh, and uh, other associated things. Uh, you can, I feel like anytime he does anything, just look at my Twitter because everyone will have mentioned me in a tweet about it uh, because that is the friends that I have. Uh, you can find Locked on Kings, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you're curious about just general uh, Western Conference goings on, you can hear me on Wednesdays on Locked on NHL, which is our national show uh, where we talk all about what's happening in the Western Conference. And she will also do all caps Jeff when he does score a goal. So, um, Right. But when he scores against the Kings, it might be like lowercase with a sad emoji. But, you know, I'm prepared. Yeah. I'm ready. All I remember in the playoffs was when he what he did keep scoring. You just the all caps came out. And it's it was like, it was my heart. <laughs> it's, just been, it's been the perfect fit, but uh, yeah. I'm excited to see you there. Uh, well, excited to watch you go to the game. Um, I definitely <laughs> hope you get uh, somehow get a picture with him, like along the boards or something. That would be <laughs> acknowledge um, me. <laughs> acknowledge me, yeah, literally. <laughs> awesome, and you know, for Kings fans, you know. I'm on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Penguins. And you can find the Locked on Penguins podcast wherever you get podcasts. And it's also on YouTube now as, you know, we continue to build towards the short-term goal of 100 subscribers. And then after that, you know, we'll have some more lofty goals. But, you know, we got to go baby steps here. But um, that'll do it for this one. I hope you all enjoy the game. And I'll we'll, we'll both be back, I'm sure, with episodes on Friday.